Well, what is going down, Fanshees? Welcome back, and welcome to Banshee, y'all. I'm your host, Don Mega, joined as always by my boy Lynx. What up? What's going on, Don Mega? How you doing, buddy? Doing well, doing well. I love when we get together, you know, once a week here in our lovely town of Banshee, and we talk the greatest show on television here. So, Max's Banshee, uh, we are here every week always bringing you the after show of our latest episode of the fourth and final season so tonight we are talking all about season four episode four innocent might be a bit of a stretch that was the name of our new episode this friday and um four episodes in man we got an eight episode season we are halfway there yep and as exciting as it is it's a little sad man i'm starting to get a little sad here yeah, we're we're about to start heading down the mountain, brother. Uh, I want to keep going up the mountain. I don't want to come down yet. Well, I mean, this show doesn't feel like it, though, does it? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I mean, ju- just when you think they couldn't go any further, boy. <laughs> My God. Yeah, they... Uh, uh, so so where do we start? <laughs> That's for damn sure. So, once again, spoiler-filled discussion, just heads up, you know, obviously you know what it is. After show, we're going to be talking about this episode in full of what went down. So let's jump right into it. Uh, we start off with a kind of a dinner getting made, and we got this couple, and I'm watching it, and I'm going, who the fuck are these two people? <laughs> yeah, it's like, like this one like, really why are we spending so much time. Yeah, it's like this one really skinny looking weird dude with a hood up over his head, right? Or was it a really no, weird he was, hat? He was wearing a hat. He was okay. wearing a baseball cap. Yeah. It was like a really it, it but is it me? But did the hat look way too big for his head? Uh he just yeah, he looked a little uh, But weird. we but we find out why later, I think. He was co- covering up a couple bumps on his forehead there. Well, yeah. So we're sitting there, we're having this dinner, and him and his him and his girl, and and they're like, "You ready to have some fun? Yeah, let's ready to have some fun." And you're thinking they're about to get down. Let's do this. And um, and then uh, he goes down to the basement and he pulls out a knife, and we're like, "Oh, they're they're giving us who this new serial killer is, right?" And we're like, "Okay." So now we're finding out because one of our big questions we've been talking about for the past three episodes was is the killer going to be somebody we know or somebody we don't know yeah and it was somebody we don't know yep. we've never I've been saying team. it the whole time it's going to be yeah. somebody we've never seen before it definitely seemed to be going that route i didn't know if they were going to try to tie it into anything but you know so we finally and remember the end of last week's episode was the guy in the hood abducting a new girl and uh so he's down he picks up a knife he hits a button on a remote control and then like a trap door opens and there's the girl getting you know all tied up and uh you know so here we see our serial killer and then we get our opening to um to banshee so really cool kind of kick off don't waste any time getting us into who the new serial killer is um we j- we then go into a flashback scene uh once again with hood and rebecca Rebecca sewing him up and still <laughs> and them kind of talking and, and him being like, you know, you need to go. You need to let me be me and you go be you and, you know, get out of here. And yeah. her being like, no, we should be together. And 
reaches her hand under his blanket and kind of starts playing uh, with him a little bit. And uh, then she jumps up on top of him and they have sex. And you're like, oh, here's our flashback scene to show us how she got pregnant. Because let's not forget, they told us she was pregnant when she was murdered. Yep. And I mean, I and I noticed that that scene, Hood was pretty, like, almost healed up at that point. You know? I mean, he, he I mean... I mean, he was still real shaggy. The beard was longer, but you know his his wounds looked a whole hell of a lot better. I don't know. She hurt him pretty easily when she touched the side. Well, I mean, he had like the one side was really bad, but like in his chest, all those little, I guess, the buckshot wounds were were healing up pretty nicely, you know. So yeah, so we. But it must know, not have hurt him that bad because he was able to, uh, you know, perform, <laughs> and very well, I might add. He, you know, he, you know, he he hit a home run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure with with a girl like Rebecca, it didn't take too much. Uh, but, true. Very uh, true. Know, so then, so then we go back into the present, and we're seeing the interrogation scene between Brock and uh, Hood, which I kind of dug, but I kind of didn't dig at the same time just because i felt like brock was being such a dick you know and well and he I was like he, <laughs> I, he was but but like i felt like in the third season like brock and hood kind of got on the same page finally after you know three seasons of the show they finally started to kind of click you know they i, I thought True. they they kind of made their journey from i hate you in the first season to a mutual respect in the third season and i felt like he was just so over the top with the like, you did it. I have evidence, blah blah blah. You know, and I felt like that. It was just a little over the top for me when it came down to it. I thought the, the it was a little little much, you know. Especially when Hood's sitting there going, "Brock, you know me. I didn't do this." And he's like, "I don't know you. Oh, you know, like I never understood you. You know." And it's just like, I don't know. Like that's just, I guess, a, a beef of mine. I, I didn't. I felt like he was going a little too hard on that one. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was all circumstantial, circumstantial evidence. I mean, you know, they know she wasn't killed in her SUV, right? So, and why would, why would they find his blood in the back when she was the one killed and he's still walking around, right? Yeah. And then, you know, okay, she was pregnant with his kid. He was genuinely surprised to hear that, you know, and it's very obvious on his face. So, you know, it was yeah, all even, nothing... even with the whole kid thing. I mean, he was like. Did you know she was pregnant? And he's like, I already answered this fucking question five times. Like, do you really want me to answer it again? Yeah, I do. Did you know she was pregnant? No, for the 50th time, you know? So it's like he just he was pushing on it, like, in yeah. such a dumb way for me. And then we have, finally, Alicia Dushku uh, shows up. Nah. You're jumping ahead, buddy. Am I? I'm sorry. Yep. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> you are jumping ahead. So then... Uh, All right, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, so uh, uh, then we jump scene with the um, with the parole, uh, with with the guy that we met in last week's show, uh, the Chris Coy leader guy. I don't know what the hell the dude's name is. I keep missing it. I, is it Weeks, talk. I think? Weeks, Is it maybe? Weeks? I just call him Brotherhood Man. Yeah. Um, so we so so we see Brotherhood Man going in for his parole, and he's just a dick in the parole thing, and he's just like starts calling everybody names, and he's like, I don't care about you and your kikes and your this and your that, and and then they're like, all right, well have a good day, and he's like, go fuck yourself, and then like <laughs> it was kind of funny. It was funny, but it was just like, why is this guy such an idiot? Like if he's gonna trying to get, you know, he doesn't want. 
people. <laughs> I mean, it just seemed like really weird, like that he like goes through that all the time, and they always end up basically doing the same <laughs> damn thing. I mean, he knew time. all of them by their first name and everything, you know. Yeah, they said it was like his fifth or sixth time going before the board or something like that. So, yeah. um, so he ends up getting sent back to his uh, jail cell. So I thought that was a kind of weird scene at first, but we'll find out more about that later. Um, we go back to Carrie's house and we see Job trying to sleep and then the light starts shining through the curtains. He's still suffering from the PTSD. He's, he's all shaken and he's having, you know, flashbacks of, of the light torture. Yeah. Um, and we see a little bit more of the torture where they start blasting like metal music and, and they're like, let's turn it up a notch. And he's like, no, you know, so yeah, it's like UV Joke light struck. and hardcore, you know, death metal. Yeah. <laughs> so Joe, Job is struggling, you know, at this point, he is still having a very, very hard time. Um, we see a quick scene with Burton uh, sitting in one of the parole guys car yeah. uh, waiting, waiting for him. And he's kind of like, we need to talk and then you don't find out anything more about that so very quick scene i'm still waiting for burton to kick some ass man i was waiting for the glasses to come off but we didn't get that um uh you know carrie comes and visits hood in prison they they talk about you know they kind of meet up she's like i'm trying to get you bail i'll, I'll you know put my house on the on the line if i need to and hood's just like get me the fuck out of here what i like too is hood was being like oh you finally visited me in prison <laughs> Which yeah, is, I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> which it's, is very funny about that scene. Yeah. And then he meets up, uh, she meets up outside with Bunker, and they and he, of course, gives her another file, and uh, she's off to do her vigilanteism. Uh, oh, once again. A little spy kind of seeing mm-hmm. him do it. Our, our girl Cruz is watching out the window, and she sees uh, Bunker sitting in the car with uh, Mrs. Hopewell. I love that Bunker always calls her Mrs. Hopewell. <laughs> yeah, and it's like he knows damn, so damn well her name's not Mrs. Hopewell. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really, really cool. So, um, so yeah, we have our little snitch watching, so we know that's going to come back to bite later on. Uh, and then we got one of my favorite scenes in, in the whole episode where Proctor comes into the police station and he just snags the keys off Cruz's desk and he's like, he's making bail. <laughs> and he just tries to let Hood out. Yep. And then, of course, Brock comes out and Brock is pissed and he's like, put the keys down or I'm going to shoot you. And they're all getting into it. He's like, well, I'm the goddamn mayor and I'm posting bail. And he's like, it doesn't work that way. And Hood's like, let him in the jail cell. <laughs> you know, and everybody's just all over the damn place. And then... We meet our girl Elijah Dushku, uh, who comes in at that point, yeah. and they're like, and they're like, escort this chick out of here. Who is this chick? And she's like, oh, I'm the, I'm the you know special agent, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I just I loved her. I, the first two seconds of her on the screen, I was like, I love the way that they're writing this character already, and I was all about it, man. So gr- good introduction to her. She she just pops up and she tells up. Uh, like i understand where you're coming from i get you know that you're upset but you know please i'm on the case now give me a little bit of time and i'm, I'm gonna figure this out for you and proctor's like you got 24 hours and i like that she was like and then what happens <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah she was like and then what and then what happens after 24 hours yeah. and he and just he, looks he's at like, her kind of looks at her like up. um well you know uh yeah. so you know uh done so okay, so Kai barges in and tries to unlock it. Immediately, I think he found out Rebecca was pregnant because you know how he goes off the deep end right. every time he finds out. And you know, 
back in uh, season one, we we you know that you know um, Hood and and Proctor already had a big massive fight just because they were boning you know. So right. and he made and he did make Hood swear that he would her again. Yep, yep, and he broke his promise to you Proctor. Know, so. Yep, I agree with you. I actually never thought about it from the pregnancy standpoint. I just figured that you know, Hood was arrested obviously for the murder of her, so he was you know, trying to get some revenge and and go after Hood. But I I like your point, and I think your point actually is better, which is finding out about the pregnancy, which is really going to push him up over the edge. Like I don't think he really thinks in his heart of hearts that that Hood killed her, but he's probably really pissed that he got her pregnant. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anybody like really thought Hood was ever guilty. It's just I think Brock was under so much stress to find somebody and to pin this on, and he, you know, I mean, he was just grasping at straws, really. You know, right? So I think that's why Brock went to the lengths that he did, you know, cause he's, you know, he's getting pressure from Rebecca's parents to release her body. So you got to solve the crime first before you can do that. You know, he's, he's yeah. getting pressure from Kai to solve the, the uh, case, you know, but you know, since, you know, uh, she, she was the third one, it, be, it becomes a serial killer and then the FBI has to come in, you know? So, yeah. and you know, I think Brock was trying to solve it and, you know, uh, or at least look like he was about to to keep the FBI out of it, but he didn't succeed. Well, what you well, what you think of uh, Elijah's introduction here in this scene? Uh, I loved it, man. I, I mean, I mean, she came in with confidence. She was cocky, yeah. you know. She was arrogant, and um, you know, she uh, she she's like one of the first women I've seen in the show to talk Kai Proctor down and have him leave. You yeah. notice that? Because he normally never listens to anybody at all. But, you know, I mean, even Brock's pointing a gun at him and he's still trying to open up a freaking jail cell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then this 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 chick comes in, you know, and she talks to him, sweets talks him a little bit in a soft-toned voice and just like, give me 24 hours. And he's like, well, you have to, no, give me some time to figure it out. You have 24 hours. And then what happens? You know, and. And then he just has no comeback for it, and he just storms out, you know? So. Yeah. So we have a really cool scene, great introduction to Eliza. We've been waiting for her to pop up since the season started, so it's cool that we finally got her in there. Um, our next scene jumps into back at our murder house with the with the serial killer, and he's taking his hat off at this point, and he's got some bumps kind of going across his f- fucking head, his forehead, yeah. almost like like. Like he's trying to grow horns out or something. Definitely yeah, there was kind like of demonic. Two, I think uh... there was like two <laughs> horns on each side, and he takes. His, uh, I don't know. Has he taken his shirt off at this point? Or yet? yes, yes, the shirt was off at this point. He's got a big back tattoo of like probably Satan. Or yeah, like well, crazy. well, I looked up the upside down cross that's on his chest, and that is a satanic. Yes, uh, the upside down cross is yeah. very satanic. Yeah, it is a satanic thing, but it it is actually this the uh, symbol of the Pope uh, f- for Catholics. Uh, I kind of looked it up. Uh, it me it means uh, something about some saint, and he was crucified upside down because I, I forget why. But anyway, um, uh, you know, but well, devil worshippers to the, de- to the devil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but devil worshippers use it as a a, a sign of uh, you know uh, yeah yeah Lucifer yeah. 
So I think we definitely got our serial, you know, our, our Satan worshiper here. The the girl is strapped to the table. She's naked, like how Rebecca was found. Uh, and then in a surprising twist, the guy's wife or girlfriend or whatever comes popping into the frame, and yeah. she's a part of it. So we got two serial killers up in this bitch. You know, we're thinking it's the guy this whole time, and then the girl actually shows up. So then it makes more sense from the opening scene. You know, when they're at the dinner, and she's like, "We're gonna." have some fun tonight oh yeah get it started baby you know like so so she's she's a part of it i thought he might have been all secretive downstairs in the basement or whatever but then you know that was that was an interesting kind of twist um you know bringing the girl into it too so i was totally floored when i saw her part of it you know yeah floored you know and uh so and then uh i think we cut to um yeah, we'll, we'll, I think what's the next scene after that? Because you basically just see them, uh, you know, you see her walk into the basement and everything, and he's, you know, scaring the hell out of, of the girl tied up. And uh, we don't spend too much more time with him, but we do come back well, to you him see later. Him. See him. Right? Uh, no, I don't think we go back to it. Um, that you see her drug the girl. She gives her, she pricks her with a needle, uh, drugs her up, and then she kind of slices. Uh, she starts that's to kind right. of slice, yep. slowly slice her stomach with the with the knife. Um, so I believe that's the last time we actually see um, the serial killer couple there. Uh, our next scene goes into uh, alleged Dushku questioning Hood. Uh, so they have their interrogation face to face, which I loved. I loved the interaction between Hood and her. Uh, it was a great scene, way better than the uh, uh, <laughs> the Brock and and Hood one earlier that I kind of had some beef with but this one was good because she's you know trying to be calm with him and she's like you know I heard you you weren't a big talker and he's like maybe I just don't want to talk to Brock <laughs> and, uh, yeah yeah we, well, just, well with Brock I'm not <laughs> you know and uh, so that was cool and then you know she she tries to lay on a story about you know she she brings up um, Siobhan and she says you know like oh you know I heard about that and I'm sure that was really hard to lose a deputy and a love you know and you know i went through that once and my husband and she told a story about her husband getting killed on duty and all this stuff and, and hood's just like you think i'm a fucking idiot <laughs> yeah. like i'm like, gonna fall for that shit and like he <laughs> read right through it oh yeah which i just you know i just loved it and then she's like oh okay you know and then she's like did you kill her and he's like nope and she's like all right thanks i'll be back later and she goes right up to brock and is like he didn't do that <laughs> and i, I love that brock's like you figured that out in five minutes? And she's like, I figured it out in about two. <laughs> yeah. And then Brock's like, oh, just for the record, yeah. I, I knew your story was bullshit too. And yeah, he, and he walks out all pissed. <laughs> so good. Uh, that, was a, that was a great line there. Um, Brock goes to actually release Hood and she says, no, keep him under custody for a little bit more. Um, you know, I need, I need to get a head start on fi- finding out some shit here. Um, so then... Uh, so then we go to um, we see Proctor showing up at the drug warehouse. He's meeting up with Chris Coy, and they're talking. And um, Carrie is actually spying on it, and she's checking that out. And she realizes that oh shit, Proctor's working with uh, the Brotherhood, you know. So um, Carrie calls Bunker and says, you know, did you know that Proctor's rolling with your boys? And he's like, what? Are you sure? And she's like, yes. And he's like you should probably back off one and she's like no way <laughs> so yeah, you know yeah. so, so bunker's like oh fuck but then guess who's paying attention again our little girl cruise <laughs> who's yep. like oh well, i see some shit 
down over here still again. Um, now, now do you think back. Cruz was, was close enough to hear what he was saying, or it do you seemed, think she just seen him talking on the phone, like all it's, shady? It's, it seemed like it, because she, she kind of smirked after he hung up the phone. So, like, I felt like she kind of overheard what he was saying. Oh, okay. So, you need to be careful on that one. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I couldn't really gauge it because, you know, they wanted to get Cruz and him in the same, like, camera scene, but I didn't really know right. how close Cruz was to that cage, you know? Yeah. And uh, I don't know why Bunker thinks, you know, a uh, metal yeah. fence is <laughs> a great he, he sound always, barrier. He always walks in there like he's, like he's going in somewhere protective, you know? Like, yeah. he always seems to run into the little gun cage, you know? I'm like, okay. Whatever, <laughs> I mean, there's got to be an office he can walk into, <laughs> you know, shut the door behind you, you know, at least give yourself a chance for people not to hear what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so Carrie, Carrie goes home and she hears a lot of banging around. So she gets freaked out. She grabs her gun and uh, goes into her bedroom to see what's going on. And it's Job. And Job has found her little secret gun stash, and he's like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> and uh, you know, and she's like, "You know, it just is what it is." And I'm trying to, you know, keep the town safe. And he's he's you know kind of sketchy on you know like you got so much firepower in here, you could start a war, you know. And she's like, "I'm not trying to start a war. I'm trying to end a war," you know. So it was kind of funny. She was like, "That was locked," and he goes, "It's a tumbler, bitch." <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I, I I like that. Even though Job's pretty fucked up right now, he still ha gets a couple moments in there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is awesome. So, uh, so yeah. So then you know he sees that Carrie's packing up, getting ready to go somewhere, and he's like, he's like, I'm gonna go with you, and she's like, No, you're not. And he's like, I need to go with you, and then and there was a really cool moment with Job where he was just like, Please don't leave me, you know, and kind of yeah. showed his vulnerability and he's just he's struggling so hard still so she's like fine you can come with me but you're staying in the car and he's like fine <laughs> i'll go stay in the car um so so they go and then we see that scene which was really big in the trailer for the season where she walks up to the truck and she lights the blow fucking dart and oh she yeah just trashes blows up the fucking truck and then uh she chases the dudes into the warehouse and beating all them up and then she torches the entire drug warehouse um and it looked like she was going to get stuck in there for a minute i thought it was a little kind of rambunctious of her to be torching a drug uh i was <laughs> building, thinking the same you know, thing so, so flammable i'm like she's gonna fucking blow herself up yeah and it looked like there was a point there where she almost did get caught in all the flames and everything and during this time they they show you job in the and he having the damn PST, you know, the PTSD fucking flashbacks again, and he's visioning, you know, the, the light torture and all this stuff again, and he's like, come on, come on, he's shaking and freaking out, and, and I like that he was like, come on, bitch, come on, bitch, <laughs> like, yep, to Carrie, yep, yep. Saying, like, hurry up and get out here, and then finally, uh, the building blows up, and then she's running in slow motion in front of the flames, which was a pretty cool shot, um, you know, and, and so... So the, it, he's like, did everything then go according to plan? And she's like, oh, yeah. Like clockwork. <laughs> I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, you about blew your fucking self up. Yeah, I know. But, dude, did she look sexy as hell with that flamethrower? And that oh, eye, yeah. like, I mean, she was all done up with her ponytail and, like, just clips all over her and everything. And just, she's got this freaking flamethrower, you know? And it's just awesome, man. Uh, I was like, I, I mean, 
I was like, rock on Anna. <laughs> Bad ass. <laughs> exactly. So then uh, then we go to back to the prison, and we see our brotherhood guy getting released from prison, which at first I'm kind of like, that's weird, because we just saw that parole scene, and he basically told everybody to kiss his ass in that parole scene. How's this dude getting out of prison? And guess who's there to pick him up? Burton. Yep. So we're... We're like, oh, okay, that's what was going on when he went and visited the dude earlier in the episode. They obviously blackmailed the guy, got him on early parole, and uh, got him out there. Um, yeah, I mean, when Burton knows your first name and you have no idea who he is, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so we get this dude, so I'm like, okay, so we're going to get more with this character moving forward. Um, then we get a little side scene, which was very trippy, with uh, Elijah Dushku busting up some druggies in like a little like rundown apartment building and she's like get the hell out of here and they run away and then she sits down on the couch and she starts smoking the damn crack pipe yeah it's like it's like <laughs> whoa they made her a tweaker wow did dude, not see that coming. it was did not see that coming and at first i was like are they trying to do like she's trying to solve a crime so she smokes a little crack to kind of get in to their head you know of like what were they looking at what were they doing in here but no they just she's just a straight up person that likes to smoke crack so yeah. um i was like that's really interesting it was funny because uh i had dvr'd the episode and and they did a little like uh making of the episode afterwards that i watched on the dvr and they were talking about introducing her character and then like the creators were saying yeah we wanted her to smoke crack we wanted her to be a little different <laughs> like she's she's really Really good at her job, and she's she's really important with what she does and everything. But but she also likes to smoke some crack because <laughs> that's how people get down in Banshee. <laughs> yeah, I mean you know I so. mean she can't be that clear cut. Just I'm an FBI agent, right? You know she has to be an FBI agent that loves smoking the glass pipe. <laughs> so yeah, so she's smoking the pipe, and then she gets a call, and they're like, "Oh, we found something. You need to come down here." And she's like, "All right." And then we find our new victim's body. Uh, you know, once again, kind of thrown into the woods, uh, you know, little kid found her. And uh, we see um, our boy, too, our, our Indian cop from uh, season three that was yeah. part of the team. Raven. And then Raven, and that's it. I forgot his name. Um, but he's back on the uh, Indian reservation, back as a cop over there now. So it was, it was our first time seeing him this season. And, uh, you know, so they, they figure out, obviously, it's the same MO. It's the same cuts. Her heart's been cut out. And, uh, you know, our serial killer is on the loose once again. Um, then we cut back to our boy, Chris Coy, who's uh, chilling, you know, at his table, having dinner with his wife and his kid. And then there's a knock on the door, and it's the Brotherhood guy. And you're like, damn, man, there's this dude again. And uh, in, a in another twist and turn of events, um, Chris Coy's wife comes around the corner with the kid, and she's like, dad? So that dude is her dad. Yeah. I, and, <laughs> and, I, like, oh, and I did not see that coming either. There was a lot of I did not see that coming no. uh, moments in this episode. I must say. <laughs> yeah, no, they were they were they were exactly, dude. You're, they keep throwing shit at you, and then of course he he meets the kid, and he's like, "I'm your pa," and then you know, so they, you know, then and he we got get a that. little bit toy bear, I think, right? Little yeah, stuffed animal. yeah, a little stuffed animal bear. So, um, so that's a nice little. little and we know Chris Coy's getting pissed because he, he's already kind of feeling shafted by Proctor. And now he's got this guy coming in, kind of coming in over his head. So, I mean, did you see the look on his face? The look on his face was sheer just what the 
fuck are you doing here face and it it, it was a mix between what the fuck are you doing here and i'm in trouble (laughs) exactly yeah this dude's struggling this season man um and then we go back to the prison uh they they let uh hood out they finally say okay you're free to go we know you're not the killer you're innocent um and uh we're gonna let you go and uh so he he finally leaves and then uh he's he's trying to walk home and elijah jushku pops up and she's like let me give you a ride and he's kind of like fuck you you kept me in prison i know you didn't need to (laughs) and she's like well you can't blame me like i had to go you know i had to make sure i could look up some stuff and 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 get to the bottom of this case and but i know your cabin's really far away so why don't you jump in i'll give you a ride and i can definitely use a drink so i'm sure you could use one too and then he gets in the car and uh that's the end of our episode we cut to the banshee and then it kind of cuts back we always get that little after credit scene not too nothing crazy we get this week other than the um brotherhood guy uh singing probably a german nazi song <laughs> to the uh yeah to, to the little boy in his bed it is a bedtime kind of lullaby. I didn't understand any so, other, did you? Uh, no, it just sounded yeah. very German, and I'm sure yeah. it was probably something really bad. Yeah, so. very racist, very German. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so that's our that's our episode, man. So, I mean, I, well, I thought a really another super solid episode. Well, they did show uh, the ritual of them, you know, cutting her chest open. You know, the victim, the the you know the new victim while hood was in jail they did show the ritual of the guy and the wife and there were four other people in the basement with them and he was doing a chant and everything and you know he flayed her open and pulled her heart out in front of her while she was still you know pretty much alive for a couple seconds and then she was and then she died you know and i thought that was a crazy scene like you know, you be, and you knew there were six people there because there were six shot glasses in a circle, and everybody took one of those Amish freaking Molly pills or whatever, and uh, you know, then he got on top of her and flayed her open and was like chanting this like demon chant or whatever, you know, and that scene was totally nuts. <laughs> That's funny because I actually didn't even notice anybody else in the room. Yeah, I mean, it. well, I rewound it like three times because I'm like, why is there so many shot glasses? And then it was very, it was a very fuzzy scene. It wasn't in focus at all, right. you know? The only thing you Which could... Which they re- seem to do every time they kind of cut to that couple in that basement. Yeah, yeah. It was very fuzzy looking, like they were trying to do a different kind of filter. Yeah, know? and like, that, that. I mean, I literally rewound it about five times and I counted how many shot glasses. I paused it. And then there were six of them, you know, one for him, one for his wife. And then there was four more left. And you could see them popping the pill and taking the shot. Uh, And then when he jumps on top of the table, if you look in the background, there's four other. It's like uh, two dudes and two other chicks uh, behind them. And they're chanting as well while he starts chanting louder. And like they're doing like a background chant and he's doing a different kind of chant. You know, as he cuts her open and rips her heart out like he did the rest of them. Yeah. But, I mean, I love how, you know, everybody's all guessing, oh, who's the killer? Is it this guy? Is it Burton? Is it this that guy? And right. and I kept saying, I think it's going to be somebody we didn't see. And it turns out to be a cult thing. And it was yeah. really like, you know, okay, the, this guy pretty much did the cutting and the filleting and the pulling out. Mm-hmm. But... 
it, you know, it was in front of an audience, you know? So that was pretty trippy. Yeah. No, really, really good stuff. Interesting twist. Um, another episode that felt like it went by in about 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, felt- after, after hood, after hood got in the car with Elijah Dushku at the end and it started playing the meet the song really loud. I was like, is the episode over already? Cause I felt like they were ending it. And then it, went banshee and i was like no way i was like again this fucking shit's over already again like i'm just i'm so tired of feeling like i start an episode and 10 minutes later it's over yeah like it's just it's so annoying because i just wanted to keep going man it's killing me but another super solid episode if we go with our grades um i would give this one an a i I like i like this episode yeah i would give this one a solid a yeah i i agree with you i mean you know there i mean the thing is, this episode, things happened that we kind of expected to happen. We were just waiting for them to happen, like Hood getting released from jail because of, you know, they were going to find the body. Raven said uh, it happened about five hours ago or so. They had Hood in jail at that time, so obviously it wasn't Hood. They, But they already kind of knew it wasn't Hood to begin with. Right. Yeah, they you were already I mean? going to let him go even before the body. But, yeah, that was just extra kind of push. Yeah, exactly. So, and, you know, and then, and then a whole lot of uh, out-of-left-field kind of things that I, I didn't see coming don't really have that big of a deal as far as the plot goes. It's just typical banshee what the hell kind of shit you know like elijah dushku smoking crack and you know uh but i i was surprised that they kind of showed you who the serial killer was so blatantly you know what i mean like yeah i really thought yeah exactly I i think that's because the serial killer is somebody we don't know you know, like if yeah. it was going to be a reveal and let's say it was Burton or something, you know, for shits and giggles, um, that I think would be smarter, obviously, to build up to. But since it's a character we know nothing about, it kind of makes sense that they do it this way and just kind of show us like, oh, here's your dude, you know, because yeah. they, they don't need to save up for like a big reveal. But but again, out of left field, I didn't see them coming to do that. You know, I, I thought that they would, you know, it would be like the last episode that they finally caught this guy or something, you know, in the middle. Well, it of, probably will be the last episode where they catch him. But <laughs> Well, true. But like, I thought it would be like the the end of the episode where it was like or maybe the second right. to last episode where we would find out who it is and then well, go after them and probably get on the last episode. But we're we're halfway done now. I know, know? and it's just like I'm racking my brain. Like, okay, we're starting to run out of plot lines here. I mean, we got the we we got the Chris Coy character, you know, totally just you know, just he doesn't know what to make of you know the main guy back. He has no idea how the hell he got out of jail, right? Um, We find out it's Maggie's dad, you know, so it's. It's his father-in-law, turns out, you know, didn't see that coming. There was a lot of didn't see that coming. Like, if I had to rename this episode, I would rename it didn't see that coming. (laughs) (laughs) So, but, you know, but for that, I'll give it a solid A because I didn't see that coming. (laughs) You know, and it, and it wasn't like the other episodes. I mean, the other episodes, they were emotional. You know, you were waiting for, you know, to get Joe back. And, you know, that took, you know, three episodes. And, you know, yeah, we still have 
you know, to find Leo and the money. So we still have that plot line to, you know, to deal with. And, um, you know, I think Cruz is closing on uh, Bunker and who he's in and Carrie and the vigilante stuff going on. And then, you know, it, it, you know, and then every time Bunker sees Carrie, something happens to Proctor's stuff. You know what I mean? Or somebody gets beat the hell out of them. And, you know what I mean? So I think Cruz is starting to put two and two together there. You know, and, uh, but I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, the acting from Job throughout the episode of him going through the, you know, the PTSD and, you know, him going through the flashbacks and freaking out and everything. And, I mean, he's been doing some of the best acting I've ever, I've seen him done throughout the last couple episodes or seasons, I should say, you know. And uh, and in this episode, he it was really good acting from uh, Hoon Lee. I, I think. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, he, he's been awesome. Yeah, so, definitely. I mean, he's definitely, definitely pulling that off. And uh, and I'm sure another thing we're, we're we're waiting we need to happen in the rest of the season is uh, we know Hood's gonna have sex with Elijah Dushku, so we know that that's coming at some point, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's like she's like hopped in. Hood has well, everybody. <laughs> well, it's in the contract, right? Exactly. I mean, yeah, you know, she's female and she's in Banshee. I mean, it's a it's a it's a given, you know. <laughs> and 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 now we know that Hood, you know, can you know he ain't sterile, so you know he better start bagging it up, boy. But um, you know, um, you know, I like. If you if you saw the preview for next week, I didn't. Uh, like he gets back to his little cabin, and uh, Proctor's standing outside, and he set the bitch on fire. <laughs> so Proctor is not happy uh, with her boyhood, and I can't wait to see how that plays out uh, going into next week because uh, that's going to be some insane shit. It is Proctor's cabin, so he can do whatever the hell he wants with it. But uh, very true. It's, he lit that bitch on fire and was like, "You ain't living here no more, mother effa." So, yeah. uh, and I mean, we know how jealous he gets when he finds out somebody's messed with his, uh, you know, sweet little special niece. Mm-hmm. So, uh, overall, really good stuff. We are halfway through, and uh, that is going to do it for us here tonight and on our Banshee after show for season four, episode four. Innocent might be a bit of a stretch. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Welcome to Banshee. Banshee, and it's the number two Banshee, so welcome to Banshee. Uh, you can follow my boy Links over here at, on Twitter at LLNKZ. You can follow me on Twitter at DXDonMega, and of course you can listen uh, to the show here on RedDragonsRadio.com, also on iTunes, and on Stitcher as well. So make sure you subscribe, give a thumbs up, and uh, tell all the other Fanshees out there to come check out Welcome to Banshee. And uh, we'll be back again next weekend as always, talking in episode five so uh have a great week guys and uh we'll catch you next time y'all peace